This is Paul Hicks from Waiting for Doom, and you're listening to me, who would be listening to the Longbox Crusade, except I'm doing a promo for them right now. Thank you. You're listening to the Longbox Crusade podcast, episode 24, featuring Batman Legends of the Dark Knight number three, cover dated January 1990. Welcome to the 24th episode of the Longbox Crusade. I am your host, Pat, a.k.a. DJ Christados. The Longbox Crusade is a podcast where each episode, a random cover, month, and year is chosen, and then an issue is selected from the over 20-plus Longboxes that have been collected over the last 40 years and stashed away in my basement. Each episode will provide summary, review, and reminisce about the issue, ads, and events of that time period. Joining me is Jared Elbrick, the Yard Sale Artist a.k.a. Death Probe. Well, hello, Pat. Hello. Pat, I bought you this box of chocolates, and these flowers are for you. Oh. Because it's our fourth anniversary. Oh, it is. Yes, it is the fourth anniversary of the Longbox Crusade. Oh, Uh-oh. You didn't even get me anything, did you? I, um, I got you this issue. Hmm. Thank you so much. But mm-hmm. yeah, man, it's a fourth anniversary celebration. It's our anniversary. And I'm happy to be a part of it. Also, okay. check out this dance I'm going to do. Oh, yeah. Mm. Check out the dance. Mm. Now, put some money in my hat. Mm. Mm. Here's a dime for you. Don't go spend it at all in one place. You really let it. yourself go, too. I just. I did. <laughs> well, all right. Anyway, happy it. anniversary. Yeah. Happy anniversary. Thank you. All right. Well, let's go ahead and get to Jason Albrick, the Weasel Skull. Hello, everybody. Happy fourth anniversary. It's been four years, four glorious years, and I'm just really happy to be here and hanging out with you guys. No jokes today. All sincere. Jared well, what Yard part is back. that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm quiet. I'm waiting for it. Nothing? No? Okay. No, I was, I was going to say uh, Jared is getting fat. That's all I was going to say. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's let himself go. Let myself he does. go. He has let himself go. Well, let's go ahead and talk to Delvin the Dark Web Williams. How are you today? Well, you know, it's pretty good to see you, Pat. You bastard. Oh! oh. Dang! Yeah, Ow! Yet! <sighs> also, sorry. happy anniversary. <laughs> I, was, I thought you were <laughs> going to yes. remember me. But I, did. I, did. Yeah. I, I don't know what I did. We got some real Ike and Tina-ish going on here. <laughs> you hit them behind the ear, so that way they can still go out and perform and no one sees it. You know what? We should keep going. Yeah. All right. Well, it's great. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Matt, you need putting up this behavior. Rolling down the rivers where you're going to be. Yeah. <laughs> but you got to stand up yourself and go beyond Thunderdome. Mm-hmm. 
take care. You got to leave that good job in the city. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Stop working for the man every oh. night and day. I mean, we don't need another hero. No, right. No. All right. Elvis is being a typical male. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and that is back. Yeah. Also, golden. <laughs> May I add, I'm your private dancer. Oh, I'm back so to the dancer. There we go. Do what you <laughs> want me to do. All right, well, it all comes back to dancing for money. And that's what we do here at the Longbox Crusade. We dance for money, I guess. I don't know. Dance for laughs, I guess. Speaking about dancing for laughs, let's go ahead and find out what current crusade everybody is currently on. We will go around the horde, starting with Jason. Keep it short. Keep it simple. Got about six things I'm working on. Bah! Item number one. <laughs> <laughs> no, still going through the uh, James Bond, Ian Fleming novels. I just finished Goldfinger. I will be starting. The next one is uh, For Your Eyes Only, actually, a collection of short stories, which I did not have. So I ordered that on Amazon, and that should be coming anytime now. Very cool. Yeah. You are definitely enjoying those? I am, yeah. They're good reading. I mean, some some are a little drier than others. They're all good. They're all well-written. You know, they're canon. So part of me feels obligated to read them, but I, I am enjoying them. Goldfinger was really good. Delvin, what's your current crusade? I kept my working outgoing during these uh, lockdown times, which I was happy about. As I showed you guys before we came on, I've been doing the Focus T25 by Sean T, and I've been on it for... Holy cow, it's been for 10, 11 weeks now. So it's been quite a, a long period of time that I've been doing it. And I'm actually glad that I got through it, which is cool, or, or got or gone this far. But I'm glad that things are slowly starting to open back up. So I'll probably be heading back to the uh, jujitsu gym the next couple of days. But it's been fun making sure that I had something to do during the downtime. That's Very good. cool. Devil's getting ripped. Yeah. Arr. Speaking He's the only one in quarantine losing weight. What's going on? <laughs> I know. <laughs> I saw all these posts about people talking about getting like fat and stuff. I was like, I can't, I can't do it. I, I you know, I, yeah, I, Jared's, I, Jared's looking good too. I spent enough time being fat in the Air Force. <laughs> 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 They're paying me. <laughs> uh, well, speaking about being ripped, let's go ahead and talk to our private dancer, Jared. Is the dancing been lucrative for you? Is it uh, helping you keep the weight off? Yeah, I mean, all these men come from these places. The men are all the same. Uh-huh. You don't look at their faces. You don't know their names. Yeah. Name. Yeah. But anyway, no, uh, I've had a couple of crusades, but I'll try to be brief, okay? Crusade number one, I continue my weight loss crusade, down 17 pounds since. Nice. Nice. Crusade number two, Delvin's crusade was to try to stay busy. My crusade has been to get Delvin to edit shows to relieve that busyness. It has not worked one bit. Well, you think these two things would just meld together like peanut butter and jelly? (laughs) Nope. It's like lamb and tuna fish. (laughs) (laughs) And my other crusade, you got me into it, Pat, because you were like, let's play some old Tomb Raider games on 360. And then I beat that game while I'm waiting on you to beat it. I've started kind of this crusade of playing 360 games that got by me in the past. So I've recently finished all four campaigns of Resident Evil 6. What an incredibly well-made game. I can't believe more people don't talk about it. I'd like to do a whole show about Resident Evil 6. Really enjoyed that. And next up is Conan on the... Oh, I played that one. I played that on the PS3. 
Okay. So yeah, I'm doing a lot because I got a 360 back here in my little my little man room. So when I get okay. a quiet moment, I pop in a game. And Resident Evil Six was how many uh, hours amazing. on that? R E six? Yeah. Uh, probably about playing all four campaigns because there's four individual characters that all have different stories to play through. Probably about five hours each, so twenty hour total. Mm. Oh. Super impressive, man. They all have their own story, and at certain points, the stories cross. So, like, if you play this person, you're playing as this person, and you're like, oh, I remember when I was doing that over there, you know? And it was kind of, oh, it's really right, cool. super great. I can't believe more people don't talk about RE6. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Was that the one that was set in Africa, or is that? That was five. That's five. Okay. Part five. Yeah. I've, I've beaten that one four. That's where I left off. So I was like, time to play six. So seven, I've got on the Xbox One, which is in the living room. So. It's harder to get TV time in the living room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah I hear you. Yep. Well, Pat, what's your crusade? Oh, Delvin, I'm Nobody glad you asked. Oh, Nobody asked. No one's supposed to ask. <laughs> the well, hey, no, this ain't Pat's poll list. You guys have to let me do Pat's crusade, at least. I, Go ahead, Pat. I'm, I'm heart, after four years, I'm heartbroken. <laughs> I never listened. We've just slowly even pushed him off his own shows. Like, yeah, Pat, tell us about your crusade. That's enough. That's enough. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. No one wants to hear about me anyway. So, oh. well, my current crusade is I'm actually starting to do some more reading. Like We're having Jason. a Tomb Raider, motherfucker. <laughs> I don't know. What you knew it was coming. That. Yeah, no, I know. Trying to get some of that in as well too is some video game going too. So two books I'm going through is I'm currently reading some Robotech. I got to get started on that again, and some I just started reading some Indiana Jones uh, novels too. So I'm you call him Doctor Jones? Yeah, Doctor Jones. No. Yeah, reading some Doctor Jones novels and having some fun and getting in, trying to get in some video time. So that's that's my crusade is getting some video game time. It better be since you convinced me to do it. I said we should do it, but then you're the one that went all gung ho and started and like, playing did it? more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, weird. I'm done with this. Yeah, you were like, we should yeah. do it, and then so I did it. Yeah, I was <laughs> like, hey, you know, I. <laughs> <laughs> I you duped me. I got duped yeah, this time. I got duped. Yeah, yeah. I duped you, sucker. And speaking of Doctor Jones, me and Doctor Jones got a thing going mm-hmm. on. Mm. Me, <laughs> Mrs. Dr. Jones, Dr. Jones, Dr. Jones. Good luck editing. Gonna be big stars. We got a thing. Guys, I'm too different. I can tell you're the only one that knows the song. Jared's yeah, back with the classics and Pat's with the Counting Crows. You never heard the song, Me and Mrs. Jones? We got a thing going on? I think I've heard it. It's a good one. Time. It sounds like it sounds like we've Ooh. maybe done this one before. We did that song? We've been doing this for four years. Yeah. <laughs> Probably have. We've, I know we, we did, did sing that song. <laughs> we've been in four years at the same place at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> this song, I love it. I love it. <laughs> well done. All right. Well, I think with the Crusades out of the way, let's go ahead and get started with this episode's issue. But before we go. This episode is sponsored by our friends at Omaha Bound Entertainment. Omaha Bound is your best choice for those hard-binding special comics in your collection. The guys over at Omaha Bound do only the best high-quality binding. And this might be the best part. They customize design every cover so every single hardcover they design is unique. Man, if only I knew somebody that could maybe tell me a little bit more of how unique those are. Nope, we don't know anybody. We should move on. Oh, yeah. Let me just say no. a few words. 
I Let have me many. clear my throat. <laughs> I have many hardbound collections from Omaha bound. I uh, Merlin Olson stops by from time to time. <laughs> and you know why I have these hardbound collections? Because I'm so fancy. Anyway, Omaha Bound does a great job, and I recommend anybody check them out. Get your awesome comics, magazines, what have you, hardbound. They do great work. Back to you, Pat. Thank you, Jared, for that fancy talk of yours. I truly believe it, that you are that fancy. You already know. Mm -hmm. And your dancing shows it. I get my hardcovers from Nightwing to G.I. Joe. I'm so fancy. Not bad. Not bad. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, in short, when you get your comics hardbound with Omaha Bound, you will know that you have a truly one-of-a-kind collection, which makes you so fancy. In addition to binding, they also sell special trade collections on hard-to-find comics. All this is available at their website, which is omahabound.com. Treat yourself and those special comics right. Go to omahabound.com today and tell them the LBC sent you. With that, we invite you to be part of the show by submitting your comments and memories, which will be read later on in the show. All links and pictures for this episode are in the show notes, which can be found at the website longboxcrusade.com. Please add the podcast to your favorite podcatching feed or on iTunes. You can also follow the podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by the handle at Lombox Crusade. We hope you come along with us on this crusade to read them all. Now, before we get started with this episode's issue, let's go ahead and take a quick podcast promo break, and we will be right back. Okay, all right. Okay, Lantern Cast promo, Action Comics Weekly promo, there it is. Okay. All right, what's the date on this thing? June 23rd, 2016. All right, let's take a look at this thing. Oh yeah, Bowie. Not a bad choice. Hi everybody, I'm Chad Bokelman. You may know me from the Green Lantern podcast, The Lantern Cast. You also may know me from making promises across the comics podcasting community concerning a new project I've been working on. An Action Comics Weekly podcast, to be precise. Well, it's time to deliver on that promise. Oh, promises, the promises. The Weekly Podcast is a bi-weekly what? podcast featuring myself and a rotating cast a rotating... of semi-regular co-hosts. Semi-regular? the characters. Oh, no, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh, I have had just about enough of that. Okay, first of all, you barely got five episodes in. So what in the world are you talking about on delivering on promises, let alone a bi-weekly schedule? And semi-regular co-hosts? Okay, listen, youngin', you're not Ryan friggin' Daly. You had basically the same guest on for each character almost every time, and you know it. <sighs> so let me just apologize to you all by way of, you know reality for once look life happens but the action comics weekly podcast is coming back segments are being recorded and the only thing i'm shooting for is quality episodes not a schedule so find the action comics weekly podcast very soon in places like apple podcasts and stitcher because the show is back but this time with less youthful ego i hope welcome back from the break 
Today's adventure from the long box is Batman Legends of the Dark Knight number three, cover dated of January 1990. The credits for this issue are provided by Mike's Amazing World of Comics website. Publisher was DC. It's got a cover date of January 1990, but its on sale date was December 5th, 1989. Another, another summer, get down. Sound of the fucking drummer. Mickey got so many brothers and sisters. Yeah, boy. Yeah, boy. Round and round. This is Ooh, that would be cool. Rat, if you had Aerosmith and Run DMC, why not have Rat with Public Enemy? Why not? Why not? That could be done. Chuck D going, round and round. Here we go. That's not bad. Yeah, boy. Gotta kind of like it. <laughs> what we got me round around what we got i mean we if only we had a dj <laughs> to create something like that. oh only yeah i don't got time <laughs> just saying i'm not good at the mashups i love mashups a good mashup is really fun oh but we do we have joe, joe. November as well we have joe november He's a musical genius. Yeah, he okay. is. We should get him on that. He's Rat working on some other projects for me right Chuck now. D. We'll Chuck throw D. it in the queue. Throw it in the queue. Check these nuts. Yes, there you go. <laughs> Good catch, Jared. <laughs> All right. Cover price was a dollar fifty. Ooh, it's a little higher price one for us. Editor was Andrew Helfer. Writer is Dennis O'Neill. Penciler Ed Hannigan. And inker friend of the show John Beatty. Letter is John Costanza. Colorist is Richmond Lewis. This is reprinted in the Batman Shaman trade paperback from 1993. Cover credits go to artist George Pratt. And speaking about the cover, let's go ahead and get a description from our resident artist, Jared Ulbrich. All right. The DC logo is the classic bullet style in the top left corner. The main action painting has a subdued dark blue border around it as all of the first five issues of this series do. Above the painting is the Batman Legends of the Dark Knight logo, white letters on a pink background. And there is a matching box below the painting that holds the title of this arc, Shaman Part 3 of 5. The painting itself is a headshot of Bruce Wayne breaking through the headshot of Batman, which was on the previous cover of issue 2, playing on this five-issue story arc's cover theme of Breakthrough Covers. It started with a shaman mask on issue one. Batman breaks through on issue two. Here we have Bruce breaking through Batman on three. Issue four has a skull breaking through Bruce. And issue five has a full figure Batman breaking through the skull. It's a rather nice series of painted covers by Mr. Pratt. Very cool. Very good. I was into this series, man, when it came out. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, I, as I was reading through it, I think I might have read it when you were collecting it back in the day. It did seem mm-hmm. very familiar to me. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Yeah, we had these uh, when we were living in, uh, I remember reading them mostly when we were living in North Carolina. Oh. Well, thank you, Jared, for that great cover description. What do you guys think about the cover? And we'll go around the horn, starting with Jared. I was unprepared. Coming, did you? Yeah, I didn't. I'm <laughs> woefully unprepared. I like this cover individually. I think George Pratt did a really good job on the paintings. They're very, well, very strong. They're impressionistic, kind of. They're creative. Taken alone, they're okay. Taken as a series, I think they're brilliant. As an individual cover, I think artistically it's good. A little high concept, but when you put all five issues together and you watch the progression, I think that's where the magic happens. 
But overall, I still think it's a good painting. And with that, I'll give it to Delvin. I think it's a good enough cover. I like it. It's intriguing. And I'm glad that you told me that it was a part of a series of covers where it was Breakout. I do like that Legends of the Dark Knight, it, you get the idea of you're going to go through the tr- trouble of having to paint it covers that without even having collected the early Legends of the Dark Knight, this was something that was kind of put in that prestige format. And you can tell it's something that they were taking seriously. So that's what this cover says to me. What do you think, Jason? Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you said that. I was uh, The first thing that really came to my mind was highbrow. This is really one of those highbrow covers that you kind of see on, on those prestige format series. I like how there's the heavy shading of Bruce Wayne. And if you'd have told me that, hey, here's the concept, we're going to have a pink Batman title on top of this very dark cover, I would have been like, eh, I don't know if that's going to work. But looking at it, it looks really good. And it kind of adds a nice balance to the cover, I think. So I, I really like this one. If Pat? I may do an add-on before we go to Pat. <laughs> sure. Because <laughs> you brought up the pink cover. So I was just going to ask. Here comes wheel. a color wheel. Here comes a color wheel. <laughs> I'm not breaking out the color wheel. Each cover has a very kind of striking. This one's pink. There's like an aqua blue, aquamarine. And going back to issue one, they released issue one with five different wraparound covers. Like the original painting is the Shaman's Mask, but it has a wraparound cover over that. Oh, I didn't know that. It's a Batman silhouette, very clean lined Batman silhouette cover. And they released it with five variations each with the different color that you see on the different. So it, it, they do a real good job of sort of tying everything together. Issue one came out with five versions, five different colors, and then each of those colors appears on one of the five covers individually. Oh, I didn't know that. Very well planned out series. Yeah. Also, this is the first new ongoing Batman series. They launched it in 89, and I remember on the cover it said the first new ongoing Batman series in 40 years, 50 years, 40 or 50 years. Wow. Because Batman had started in the 40s. Yeah, I think it was like late 40s. My thoughts on this cover is I like the simpleness of it. You all kind of mentioned the the simple border around it. The box on the top there with the Legend of the Dark Knight. The box on the bottom, the Shaman. And it's all the same throughout this kind of series of this particular story that they're telling that I really enjoy. And the painting to me is is kind of neat too. And like Jared said, you have to have all of those five covers together to kind of just see the progression of what's going on to make it even seem cooler to me. I remember when this was coming out and and getting it, like Jared said, it's just a, you know, it's a new Batman series going on. So I think they just really did it well in getting this out there and promoting it and just making you want to grab this and read it. Well, I'm glad I got the sense of it. I did not know that there was such a long gap in having a brand new Batman series, particularly given now that there are like 18 different Bat Family series that they just fall out of the dang tree with another Batman mm-hmm. series. So this was a, a complete event at the time. That's cool. Yeah, uh, yeah, huge event. I, I looked it up, by the way. It was the first new ongoing Batman series since 1940. So this was what nineteen. It started in eighty nine. So they yeah. almost got it to fifty years. 
When did that Shadow of the Bat come out? Was that around this about time? About 92, 93, okay. somewhere in there. Yeah, I, uh, that's off the top of my head, but Pat and I were discussing that earlier because I remember in the pretty early issues of that, somewhere around issue seven or eight, they started in the, the Nightfall era. So I want to say it was about 92, 93. Okay. Kind of like Delvin said, you know, they just started dropping bat title. <laughs> after <laughs> after Legends of the Dark Knight kind of broke the mold, it was like, bat title, bat title. <laughs> you get a bat title, you get a bat title. Everybody gets a bat title. <laughs> Shadow the Bat, Bat Guano. <laughs> <laughs> Batman has the tree wants. Bat tree. Bat tree. <laughs> Rat a tat tat bat ass. Alfred in the Bat Cave. <laughs> What's Alfred cooking tonight? Uh, Chitlins? No! Dirty people is Alfred cleaning. <laughs> All right, well, with the cover out of the way, let's go ahead and see what this story is about for this issue with a synopsis brought to you by Delvin. Oh, I got a live one here. <laughs> <laughs> Shaman, book three. This story is chapter three of a five-part story, which puts us right in, well, you guessed it, the middle. Bruce Wayne sees Bennett Young dead, impaled with a lance. He goes to investigate at a museum showcasing the findings of Indians of Northern Alaska, an exhibit by Dr. Madison Spurlock, when he is attacked by an arrow, which he catches in midair, which a cop comes in at just the wrong moment to think Bruce may be the killer. Bruce wasn't too mad at the cop. He was just trying his best. Some items were stolen from the exhibit, which leads Bruce to thinking he should go to where the items came from, Otter Ridge, Alaska. But first, he follows a lead to a half-constructed high-rise. He stops a drug deal slash ritual ceremony involving something called a Chubula, but this being a young, inexperienced Batman gets ambushed and almost thrown off a building when he's once again ambushed by an arrow. This time, the frightening attacker, let's call him a shaman, reveals himself, and right as we are about to write yourself off yet, our hero off, he saves himself from serious harm. Going to visit Dr. Spurlock to find out what the Chubala is results in the doctor getting killed by an arrow and the shaman escaping. This is the third time the bad guy had escaped young Batman despite bats trying everything you can, try everything he can. After an interlude of doubting himself with Alfred, it's only in your head, it's only in his head, he feels left out or looked down on. We get to Alaska, where Bruce sees a drunken shaman who apparently sold out his village to Doc Spurlock for the Doc's exhibit, and the drunken shaman is his daughter, who isn't happy to see Bruce. Uh-huh. Drunk shaman, daughter, and Bruce all pile in the car, and the daughter tells Bruce how his money ruined everything, and in the middle of the ride, they're ambushed by a truck that hits them, sending them careening into the icy Alaskan depths to be continued. Lots of story there, so if you didn't get the song interwoven within, remember, just be yourself. It doesn't matter if it's good enough. 
for someone else. Be yourself is all that you can do. No. Oh, sorry. <laughs> it's kind of, it's a popular song. I, I, I don't know. Pat might know it because he's a DJ. Jared, I'm not sure because I don't know where Jared's tastes are. But it was a song by Jimmy Eat World called The Middle. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm with you now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Triple dupes. <laughs> well, Delvin, I'm glad you didn't write yourself out yet. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Thank you for that awesome synopsis. With that, let's go ahead and get into some talk about this issue. What do you guys think about the story? And we're gonna start with Delvin and work our way around. It was a detective story, which mm-hmm. is Oddly refreshing for Batman. Because <laughs> in 1990, I wasn't reading Batman. So okay. maybe that was more of commonplace thing. But I very quickly gathered this was an earlier Batman. This was going to be a detective story that I was hoping. I didn't see the three of, three or five at first. I was hoping that they'd get a little bit more closure. But I didn't get that. But overall, it, it was good. I... I'm interested in seeing what four and five would be like, but mm-hmm. it was kind of just refreshing seeing a simple detective's tale. And it was also refreshing seeing a Bruce Wayne that was unsure about himself because nowadays I like Batman. I still like him a lot, but sometimes it can just get like, Oh sweet. He's perfect. He solved everything. He knows everything. He's the greatest. No one can stop him. And it just gets a little dull. So it was kind of cool seeing Batman a little bit unsure about himself. All of that made for a pretty good story. I'm going to say, I, I'm just going to cut in and agree with you here on that detective side of this story. I would say there's probably 25% of it is Batman in the costume. The rest of it is just Bruce, which and is... And there's one more thing that was cool. It was cool that he even gave a damn about his secret identity, that he made an excuse going to see the professor about it, and that he kind of slipped and messed up because like, he was sort of stringing the professor along, like, oh, what's with you, ball? I don't know. That's weird. And then he asked that pointed question, and the professor was like, wait a minute. Hold on. Yeah, you can't fake <laughs> ignorance now. And then, of course, the professor died. But it was still interesting that Bruce, like, he doesn't do that anymore. Mm-hmm. Basically, they've gotten rid of the mask, sort of. And it seems like everyone knows that he's Bruce Wayne is Batman now. But that's not the case here. And I found myself really liking it. Yeah. Jason, thoughts on the story? Yeah, I'll just tag on to what Delvin said. I really enjoyed having the mystery part of it, the detective part of Batman being prominent. It had a really good mix of action and detective skills. So I thought the story was pretty cracking. There were some spots in there where I wasn't really sure what was going on. I'm not sure what his relationship with that woman was. I'm guessing maybe they covered that in issues one or two. (laughs) That's what Jared's doing. It's a family show, Jared. It's a family show. I also liked how they showed Batman actually using the cape. You know, there's the joke about what's the use of the cape, right? But you you could see how like the cape actually saved him in this mm-hmm. in this episode, which was cool. And I also liked how it showed Batman after he's gotten ambushed and he's all banged up and he's got like an arrow wound in his shoulder and, and Alfred patching him up. I always liked that aspect of it, that Alfred is is kind of the field surgeon to keep Batman patched up in the field. 
And then also Alfred himself. I always love Wisecrack and Alfred, and he is just aces in this in this issue. So all in all, story was just fantastic. Jared. Well, Jason, I'm glad you asked. I also, on one hand, liked Wisecrack and Alfred. <laughs> My favorite was uh, when Bruce said, are you going to write any of this down? He's like, why do we get stock in a paper company? <laughs> <laughs> like, seriously, dude? I've never had to write down a damn thing in my life. Right. You know who you're talking to, right? It's ridiculous. That one cracked me up. The one that was like, I thought Alfred was kind of like a snarky jerk was when he was, when he was like, when Bruce was talking about how he had to talk to the cops, he was like, I trust you use words of one syllable or less. <laughs> like, it's, it's how do you have less than one syllable? <laughs> like, it's the cops. That's no Aren't words. Y'all, Aren't y'all on the same side? Damn, Alfred. I'll go in just to uh, to say I've read this many times, and I enjoy this story arc. I think it was a real good launch to give the vibe that they were looking for in this new book. Like, Delvin commented on Younger Batman, detective work. Good balance of action. Just, I mean, it's Denny O'Neill. He knows what he's doing. And he's he's doing it and doing it and doing it well. Represents Queen and his race out in Gotham. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I'm done. Now let's hear from Pat. What do you think, bud? Well, I think you guys kind of hit it all on the head there. For me, too, is I really liked getting back to the detective side of this. It's just really awesome to dive into. I'm I'm kind of really wanting to start reading more of this again. It's just really drew me into this story. I really like the early Batman stories like this, seeing Bruce as he's young and he's, you know, he's figuring things out that nowadays he knows and it's like, I know everything nowadays. I, I, I'm new to this. And I really like that aspect of it. So I'm going to veer us off track just a little bit. But it's, it's going to have some sort of relevance, and I, I can pass it around once I get done with my little tale here. Like the newer Batman movies, the Christopher Nolan ones, mm-hmm. if, if there was an overall point to it. At the end of the trilogy, I felt that Nolan was saying this Batman thing cannot be long term. I can do these cool things. I can have these gadgets. I can go after some of the bad guys, but there is no way that an ordinary human can do these things for as long as he has. And even in this book, this one issue alone, I mean, he got shot with arrows. He had to use his cape to keep his hands from being just completely mangled. He was out in freezing cold weather, which of course takes an effect on you and all that stuff. One of the things that we all enjoyed seemed to be that we liked that Batman was a little bit vulnerable, that he took his lumps, mm-hmm. that maybe he was a little bit unsure. And so the question that I have for you guys, I know it doesn't have to do with the book, but I'm just interested in your answer is, if DC went in a different direction with Batman, who would you like to see as Batman? Or would you, like, or are you just perfectly fine with it saying Bruce Wayne and it just, you know, I mean, because I guess it's going to constantly revolve around Bruce Wayne. But would you like to see someone else play Batman for an extended period of time and kind of get back to stories sort of like the one that we just read? Mm. Like, like who would be the heir? Are you asking like Dick Grayson or, or Damien? Or? Who would you want to see? I would choose, you know, Tim Drake. I think he would be a good successor for that. Tim Drake would be an awesome detective. That is, I mean, he, he literally found out who Batman was before everyone figured out who Batman was. He found out on his own who he was. I think Tim Drake would be an excellent detective, guys. He's going to speak with more than one syllable. 
He's yeah, I'd say he's better than a cop. He could definitely speak with more than one syllable. Jared, you got anything on this? I have two things, and both are kind of outlandish, so stay with me. If he wasn't dead, and I assume he still is, I haven't read a lot of modern era comics, but I think Ted Cord would be an interesting choice mm. to take over for the Batman. Man. He is a smart guy. He's right in that wheelhouse of using technology and detective skills and physical abilities, and he'd be a fresh attitude. Now, here's my next curveball. If I was pitching an idea to DC, I would consider... Booster Gold. Actually, I thought about that, yeah. <laughs> but honestly, though, if it was done in such a way that it was hidden from the other superheroes in a sneaky way, Lex Luthor. Lex Luthor taking over as Batman would be very, very interesting. That's a that's outside-the-box thinking right there, but I, I like it. <laughs> very smart, rich dude. Good shape. Well, depending on which version, but yeah, yeah. I, I, I think that would be a real interesting dynamic. And at the core of Lex Luthor, I know we're going far afield on the show, but at the core of Lex Luthor, you have to remember, Lex always thinks he's a hero. Uh-huh. And in some yeah. weird perspective, he kind of is. His whole thing is to protect us from this all-powerful alien that you never know when he's going to go off the rails. And Batman kind of does that, too. <laughs> There's a similarity there that I think is interesting. Well, I think there's a slight difference there in that I think Superman also has that concern that he's going to go off the rails and he cooperates to some degree with Batman because he trusts Batman's judgment in judiciously applying that uh, those Kryptonian weapons, that kryptonite. Kryptonite the ring. Hole, that's the only hole in my story is there's no way that, that I can think of that Lex could fool Superman. He might be able to fool other people, but Superman would know. Couldn't fool Superman. And then also, he'd have to have, you know, for his butler, the guy that's like, I don't know if you should go out tonight, Mr. Luthor. Otis. <laughs> Otis the butler. Not <laughs> saved out there, Mr. Luthor. He would get in the you'd get in the car, the Batmobile, and it was and then it would stop. Oh, sorry, Mr. Luthor, I forgot to put the gas in the in the Batmobile for you. Bats uh, bats uh, sleep during the day, Mr. Luthor. <laughs> anyway, I know we took as far afield, but those those are my ideas. What about Terry McGillis? Just go the Batman Beyond rap. Yes, yes. Keep Ooh. the old Batman as Good. a mentor, you know, and then have Terry McGillis come in as the <laughs> new Batman. Yeah, my thought of it has been for a while now, and, and I can I get it. Batman's the flagship. Bruce Wayne, Batman, is the flagship. And to go away from that for too long would probably just not be in the interest of DC or Warner Brothers, for that matter. But I personally think Dick Grayson should have been Batman and stayed Batman a long time ago. It has been some of the more interesting storylines, seeing Dick Grayson having the responsibility of the mantle. It was fun having him and Tim Drake as the Robin. It was fun having him and Damian Wayne as the Robin. There's just something about Batman now that's just a little stagnant. Anyway... It was fun to see those interactions, too, between Dick Grayson, Batman, and, like, Commissioner Gordon, when Commissioner Gordon would say things like, a little shorter, aren't you? You know? Oh, yeah. Like, he was figuring it out. Yeah. Like, dude, you're not the original Batman. Come on. I'm a detective. I know. Yeah, that was awesome. You know, that was kind of where my first thought went when you asked the question. Like, Dick Grayson would 
just be the natural successor. But then I thought deeper and I thought, you know, I think he's outgrown it. I think he's grown into his own Nightwing character. And I don't think that Batman would work for him long term. I think he's learned to do things the way he wants to do it. I think if a Robin was going to step up, it would be Damien. I, I just, I think it would, just because that's like his sole focus. He wants to take that mantle. You're right, though. You know, but I think if you wanted to go in a brilliant direction, but a brave direction, make it Batgirl. Have Batgirl be the main hero. She's yeah. interesting enough and yeah. is an established Bat character. Which I Batgirl? Cassandra? I don't even know who's Batgirl anymore. Right. I like yeah. Cassandra Kane. Cassandra Kane's the one I was thinking. I think... I don't even know her character's name. She's still around, but she's not named Batgirl anymore. I think Batgirl is Barbara Gordon. I think. I love Barbara Gordon. Yeah, Barbara Gordon. Yeah, the yeah. OG. Oracle. Oracle. Yeah, she's yeah. not Oracle anymore. I know that. But, but anyway, we got way far off track. We are, but it's interesting. That's interesting. Yeah, that's a good, good question. All right, well, the story out of the way. Let's go ahead and talk about the story art. And we'll go around the horn, starting with Jared. Well, I'm glad you asked. Ed Hannigan. Not really a pencil that leaps to your mind, is it, gentlemen? <laughs> Not really. No. 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 But he did a good job, a very good job, and tuning in to friend of the show, John Beatty's inks. If you look at some of the intricate building work he does, and look at the half-built construction site, and this is both Hannigan and Beatty, uh, amazing and the batman looks good and believable it's really good art but what i want to really draw your eye to is the coloring is very unique it actually kind of reminded me of a comic that we covered on her majesty's secret podcast recently the octopusy comic hmm. where there's a lot of bold solid one color decisions made there's parts where batman is completely colored in orange there's parts where other characters are completely colored in purple and somehow it works, and it's very atmospheric. So this book has a very unique look, especially in the Batman universe. I see echoes of Batman Year One in this, with its own new and creative twist. And I'm just wondering why I haven't heard more of Ed Hannigan. So just did some uh, quick Googling. You probably would know him from Spectacular Spider-Man. He drew a decent amount of that uh, in the early 80s. Mm. Wikipedia says that he's best known for Legends of the Dark Knight, The Defenders, Green Arrow, and Spec Spidey. Dude's okay. been around. I'm just yeah. amazed he doesn't have more of that mark, that he's not a name that yep. comes up a lot. And I just looking at this, I'm like, he's really talented. And his combo with Beatty, I don't know if this was their first link up. I suspect it might have been. Pretty good link up for a first time duo. Yeah, my guess, Jared, is that just looking through uh, some of his uh, his bibliography, he never stuck anywhere super long. He did Green Arrow Volume Two uh, from eighty eight to eighty nine for a decent spell, most of issues one through twenty, uh, with an annual. And like I meant, and he did same thing. He was on Defenders off and on from seventy eight to eighty one. And that was Inspect Spidey, like I mentioned. Uh, other than that, he just did fill-ins here and there. So mm -hmm. that would be why he was that dude 
that was around. Kind of like you have that actor who's that dude <laughs> who, who's appeared everywhere and you don't know him by name. You've probably seen because I, I knew the name Ed Hannigan, but I could not think of where I would remember him from. And I have to have some spec Spidey by him. I have sure, to. yeah, that does yeah, sound sure. right to me. I have a full run of spec Spidey, so I know I've got something yeah. in there. But yeah, underrated guy. I'd, I'd definitely like to take a second look at his body of work. And I think it's to Jason. Yeah, and I think you mentioned the colors as well. I think that Richmond Lewis did a fantastic job with the colors. And it kind of reminded me of the Watchmen, the way that they use really solid colors. Some of the colors are off primary a little bit, but it creates a unique view. Some of the pencils looked a little rushed and a little rough, but I think Beatty's inks did a really good job of kind of covering over some of the, the weaker spots. And the one panel that really grabbed my attention is that fight scene in the construction site where Batman takes that shot and tags that guy right in the ribs. I was like, holy cow, that's a really visceral punch. That's a great fighting panel right there. So there's a lot to like in this one. Delvin, what do you think? Well, I spoke to the prestige format of the cover, and I think the artwork kind of had that same prestige format. You got the feeling that And I I don't know if it's going to sound weird, but it's like the pencils or the pencils and the artwork were a background to telling a detective story. As opposed to, you know, how, of course, the comic book medium is that fusion, but like it seemed to be a more story driven arc that the artwork complemented. And that's yeah. intriguing because a lot of times storylines or stories are artwork driven, it seems. Like I've even heard uh, times where the writer just tells the artist to just start drawing some pictures and then they come up with the art or the story to fill it in. So and Lee famously did that. <laughs> right. And this wasn't the case. This was a story that seemed to be very meticulously laid out in the artwork. Like Jason mentioned, that fight scene where Batman's taking it pretty badly, that descri- even the dis- description of the fight scene, that artwork matched it perfectly. Yeah. And so I, I liked that. I liked how Edward Hannigan and Beatty's artwork complemented just and very closely followed the story. Yeah, there's some great artists that are just lousy storytellers. You know what I mean? It's like every page has got to be a pinup, you know, and it's sure. it's just like, this could be a hot take, but I always felt like Todd McFarlane's Spider-Man was kind of like that. It's like, you could have told this story in three issues if, <laughs> you know, if you laid out these things a little bit more. Well, Todd McFarlane as a writer, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, I think you're absolutely right, Delvin. This is where the writer and the artist are in sync. And I think, yeah. What do you the, think? I think you're right. The art definitely complements the story. As a, was mentioned about the colors using it. It helps bring that kind of, uh, sets the tone, the mood for what's happening as well, too. You don't have to use a lot of words, just seeing the colors kind of express kind of what's going on in particular panels and where to put your your eye on your focus on as well, too. I think this being an older story that's being told, the art really helps sell that to me. You see Batman in an older costume, so that being colored kind of in that older tone as well, too, helps just all in all, just really great art and just John's inks on this 
really, really helped sell this to me and, and tell that story out. You know something? Just looking at the artwork while you were talking, Pat, Bruce Wayne doesn't look like now the way they draw Bruce Wayne. He's a brick house. Yeah, this guy's pretty. This dude looks like someone like I... he looks like if, if he let's if he's the same height as Bruce Wayne is now, which is I think about six two. This guy is looks like six two, maybe about two oh five. This like, is Pierce Brosnan, Bruce Wayne, right here, as opposed to <laughs> yeah, as opposed to a, like a, a Ben Affleck, yeah, Bruce Wayne, yeah, and all uh, you know, all yeah, like up. yeah, yeah, ripped. yeah, doing freaking pull ups with like a <laughs> hundred pound dumbbell hanging off their waist or something like yeah, yeah. yeah this looks like a more vulnerable Batman. Mm-hmm. So very good art style to even to depict that. Maybe that was just another indicator that this was early on in Bruce's career. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, with uh, the art out of the way, let's go ahead and get to this segment where Jarrett likes to ask us what we would pick. What would you pick if you were at a convention and you got to meet Mr. Ed Hannigan and he had all the original pages and he says, you guys at the Longbox Crusade are awesome, so you can have one free page of original art from this book. I will pose the question. We will start with Delvin. I like content page 11, where it's the first reveal of the bad guy. I don't know his name. I'm just going to call him the shaman because that dude had been attacking from the shadows. And this was the first time that Batman actually got to see him. And even the panel said that, I mean, Batman was already beat up, but like he said, his limbs tremble. Batman, Batman saw this dude and was unnerved by him. And that's pretty cool. So like just is legit scary. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, that thing looks freaking terrifying. And between that and then Batman had to spring into action. I like that page a lot. Let's go to Pat. I am going to choose content page four. There's maybe about five panels. And then in the lower mid uh, right hand corner, you have Batman kind of just perching on that construction zone. That Just that perching there. He's wrapped up in his cape and he got a little cold breath coming out there. Uh, that's what I like about that page is that particular part of it which really catches my eye and just if I could have them recreate that for me, that's what I would like. I think that's really cool. I could probably do that for you about $50, $60. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I want to tag on to that uh, real quick because I picked the same page. Oh. And keep in mind that original art would come in black and white, so that would be very oh, cool. Oh, yeah, that would be really But cool. then that leads us to another tip of the cap to the colorist because you can tell the colorist decided to do that highlight orange just off the shoulder and off the leg. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, that just really sells that that panel. Um, yeah. So it's even better with the colors. But, yeah, I'm with you on content page four, although it was a tough decision. Let's see where Jason went. I like content page 10, that shot in the ribs, man. That fight scene is just wicked cool. It ends with him getting shot in the back with the arrow. That's the one I like right there. That's another good one. That dude just going, oof, just getting the wind knocked out of him. Hitting the tummy feathers. Oh, that's nasty. Right in the tummy feathers. Right. <laughs> hey, did that shaman guy ever come back in like any of the other any other story arc? Because he seemed kind of cool. I don't really know a whole lot about him in issue three, but the I, look is really good. 
I don't think he ever comes back, and I can't remember how the story arc ends, but that makes me wonder if he's not D.E.D. dead by the end of the story arc. I'm not saying that's what happens, because even though I've read this several times, I honestly can't remember how it winds up, but that's got me thinking, like, he never did come back, and I've read a crap ton of Batman, and I don't remember him coming back, so that makes me think he might not make it out. Well, Green Goblin's been D.E.D. dead before, too. (laughs) Well, they all have, really. Good, Only uh, Captain Stacy never comes back. <laughs> Good question for the listeners. If you know, let us know in the comments. I would definitely like to hear from you and get your knowledge on it. And I'm with you, Pat. This little spark of one issue of Reading 3 really makes me want to finish yeah. the story arc. Oh. I can't remember how it ends. <laughs> well, that's a good segue into the next segment is, does this bring back any memories? We'll start with Jason. I just graduated high school about this time. I was kind of aimlessly uh, roaming about, working some odd jobs, trying to figure out what I was going to do with my life. Like I said, I definitely remember Jared being really interested in this series, and I picked it up and uh, really liked it. So this was a good little walk down memory lane for me. Jared, any memories? Sure. Even though this came out in 89 to 90, which would have been when Jason and I were living in Germany, I actually didn't pick these up until after we moved back stateside. And we had a regular comic shop that we would go to in Fayetteville, North Carolina. And these had been, I think, over-ordered. They like, thought oh. that the new Batman book would have been more popular than it was. I mean, it was popular, but I think that's the store over-ordered because I think I snagged like this whole first... 10 or 12 issues out of a 50 cent bit. Oh, wow. And that's how Jason and I had them. Definitely just enjoyed reading. And it was kind of nice to have the whole story right there. You know, on one hand, it's always nice to have the cliffhanger where you have to wait till next month. But as a kid, it was nice to have the, the full run. And just nothing but fond memories of Legends of the Dark Knight, especially from this era. Delvin. So I know at this time, January 90 time, that I was still only on Transformers. And at this point, Transformers was on about issue 62. And looking at the cover of it, it's telling kind of a crime noir story, which is just coincidental enough with the main character being a Transformer named Nightbeat. And he is uh, doing a search starting to look for the Lost Creation Matrix. So it was a pretty cool storyline that was starting to develop in Transformers, which led to uh, Transformers 75 eventually, which you guys read for a crusade some sometimes back. I do remember that one. 64-page special. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I couldn't come uh, off mute fast enough to beat Jared with it. <laughs> it looks like Jason's got the trade there. From I 19. did. I, I just realized, yeah, I picked this up at a yard sale a couple of years ago, so it's been sitting on my shelf. I need to read it. Yard sale approved. Well, I think uh, with you guys, my memory is just this being 80 towards the end of 89. We just had Batmania hit really big. I remember with my friend from town, he was into Batman at this time. And so he started getting these. I would actually read them from him. And then eventually, like Jared said, go out and get the issues myself. Just a great time to be around in this era for Batman with the movie, again, just getting so big, reading through these issues. And this giving you the more earlier take on Batman and how he was you know, progressing his way through becoming who he would become was just really awesome to see. Uh, yeah, DC really made their move at an opportune time. If you're going to launch a new Bat title coming off the heels of 89 mm-hmm. uh, movie, brilliant. I did have one other memory I wanted to throw in on this, but it's not from the 89 or 90. 
It's from 2000. And Heroes Con, Delvin and I went in 2000, I think it was. I brought all my issues with me and had them signed by this guy that I just knew as John Beatty at that show. (laughs) And that's the first time I ever met John. And little did I know that all these years later, we'd be good friends and he'd be a friend of the show. So it's kind of weird how life comes (laughs) full circle like that. So technically, Delvin and I met John in like 2000. (laughs) And now we're all friends. So I don't even remember Beatty at the show. That's cool. Yeah, he signed, I think, my entire run and my multiple covers of uh, number <laughs> you one. You were that guy. I was that guy. I think I had every cover of number one. And- had your crate, put it on the table. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Mr. B. <laughs> He's like, would you like me to sign these to you? Oh, this no. This crate is one item. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I was even on eBay yet, but uh, I'm going to put all these on eBay. <laughs> That is cool. That is cool just to have that memory of meeting John. Mm-hmm. So we were just two, yeah. you know, just a guy I met, and, and little did I know that you know, twenty years later, he'd be one of my best friends. Yeah, yeah. Cool. super cool, super cool. All right, with that, that's going to bring us to the end of this part of the show. You got a comment or question? Send us an email at contact at longboxcrusade.com or make a comment on the Longbox Crusade Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram page, and we will be right back. This year, in 2020, we will see DC Comics celebrating the 80th anniversary of Robin, and so will Terrence, Ryan, and myself here on the podcast. Every other episode this year, well, (laughs) as long as Rob can keep everything straight, will have us following Tim Drake in the 1990s-2000s DC timeline. The following episode, we will be joined by a selection of special guests throughout 2020. The guests will be selecting their favorite Robin in a story that connects them to the character. It could be a comic, movie, animation. Hey, wait. So, like, uh, could we be reading Red Hood and the Outlaws on this show? Or Nightwing? Yeah, that's the idea. Whoa, 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 whoa. Wait, so you're opening the door to not just Tim Drake, but any Robin? Yeah. So does that mean Rick Grayson? Yeah, like the new 52 Helena Wayne, Robin of Earth 2? Heck, even the pre-crisis Robin of Earth 2? Or, dare I even say, Damien? Batman Forever? 1950s Detective and Batman Stories? Batman 66 episode? Batgirl Stephanie Brown? Teen Titans Robin with Wolfman and Perez? Jeff Johns and... Oh no. No. Scott Lobdell? No! Okay, uh, while I give my co-hosts a minute or so to digest all of this information, you can find our show, Robin Everyone Loves the Drake Comic Podcast, through the BatmanUniverse.net podcasting network also available on apple podcasts or wherever you traditionally listen to your podcasts from now if you'll excuse me i think terrence might need a bottle of water or maybe a paper bag oh new 52 it's gonna be okay terrence it's gonna be okay change of tim drake's origin don't worry terrence crazy red robin costume okay Uh, maybe it won't happen Welcome back from the break. Let's continue on with the show. Now it's time to scan through this featured issue of Batman Legend of the Dark Knight number three for the top ads that stood out to us in a segment called Add It Up. Here are the ads that stood out to us in this issue. Jared, what do you like? 
Well, I just want to point out that didn't go heavy on the ads for no. the page count and the prestige format. They went light on the ads, a lot of house ads, hardly anything for any products. But I think we're all going to pick, well, I know at least a couple of us are going to pick the same thing. Back cover, Batman, the movie, 1989 okay. on video cassette. I still own a video cassette of this movie to this day. I loved having this. My grandma sent me this for Christmas of 89. And that made me the coolest kid in the school because we lived in Germany. So if you had a copy of Batman, you were the bee's knees because everybody wanted to watch this movie over and over. Mm -hmm. I love this movie. I love this video cassette. And I think a lot of us are going to pick this one or at least another one of us is going to pick this one. There's a funny story behind this one, too, because this was the Christmas that we both had little video cassettes. They were wrapped up, so you could kind of tell they were video cassettes. Jared opened his first, and he got Batman. <laughs> oh, and I, was no. like, I was like, I wonder what I'm going to get. And I got, like, America's Funniest Home Videos. <laughs> I'm not Volume even three. lying, man. I was like, what the hell? How did he get Batman? And With I more silly dog tricks. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, that's how it was, man. This is a big victory for me because Jason is clearly my grandmother's favorite grandchild. Everybody knows this. But for some reason, I think she just got the labels mixed up. I really did. She, she probably did. You're probably right. But yeah, because I was like, well, if he got Batman, I got like porn or something. Like, here's your first porn, grandson. You know? You're like, it's got to be Last Crusade. It's got to be Licensed <laughs> Kill. I mean, this was 89. Ghostbusters 2, Lethal mm-hmm. Weapon 2. It's got to be one of these. <laughs> America's funny. It's home videos. Yeah, great. great. It's, like, it's like humor porn. <laughs> <laughs> well, Bob Saget never hurt anybody. Yeah, poor Jason. Poor Jason. So, Jason, what ad do you choose? You know, I was kind of going through here. And I really, just because I like the art of it, I like this The Fall of Adam Strange ad. Oh, Me that was good. That art was good. good art. I looked at that and went, Hubert, all day. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, but it's just really nice. So I'm going with that one, The Fall of Adam Strange. Delvin. Yeah, I'm with Jason on that one. I saw that picture along. I figured someone was going to take Batman because the phenomenon that it was. But that, looking at that alone, like, ooh, I'd read that. I don't even know Mm -hmm. what it's about. I, I I don't know Adam Strange that well, but. Which Cooper Andy? He drew the heck out of that advert. I tell you that much. That looks awesome. That would make me want to read about Adam Strange. Doesn't it just kind of scream? I know I'm mixing shows here, but doesn't it kind of scream Flash Gordon? Yeah, it yeah. does. Yeah, absolute and, sci-fi. Which is cool. There. There's a lot of parallels to the story, really. Wah, 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 wah. <laughs> yeah, a lot of throwing hands, but jetpack. Think <laughs> Flash Gordon with long pants and a jetpack. The hell, you need long oh. pants for? Yeah. I don't know, but he's got long it's cold in space. Is he Dave Collins has been here. He <laughs> <laughs> found, finally found a planet that, well, actually, by the pants. That's <laughs> not Dave Collins. <laughs> anyway, Pat, what's your ad? Mine's not so much, I guess, as an ad, but... Are you betraying me on this whole Batman thing? No, no. well, I, I, I'll give that to you. I do like that. It reminds me of the movie poster that I have. But what I really found interesting and like... On the inside of that front cover, you have the DC checklist for this week. Oh, I really Pat like loves that. Checklist. Yeah, yeah. Pat loves checklists. Yeah, Pat I, love it checklist. must be the OCD in me or what, you know, I got to do things in a certain order or whatever. But I just like that you can look at this checklist and go, okay, I got to get the question number 34 or the shadow strikes number five. Oh, I love that. I do have that issue too of number five of the okay. shadow strikes. Breaking in, Pat. You can only get one from the checklist. We're going to pass this around the horn. What are you taking? 
Um, ooh, Advanced Dungeons and Dragons, number 14. Nice. Jason. Is the issue. I'm trying to find that checklist. Delvin. Oh, here it is. Ooh. Hold on. Let's do some Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad's always fun. Yeah. I'm going Dr. Fate. I'm sorry, what was that, Dr. Fate. Not bad. And I'm going to bring us home with a much beloved title of Justice League Europe, number 10. Good choice. Thanks for that diversion, Pat. Like I said, it's just really nice to have that. Here's some other issues that I need to kind of pick up because I give it a, a really high level recap of what's about to happen in that issue. Really cool. With the ads out of the way, we'd like to know what you guys think, what ad you liked in this issue. Let us know. You can email us at contact at longboxcrusade.com or comment on the Longbox Crusade Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram page. Now let's continue on with the next segment called Way Back in Time. Once again, it is time to take another revealing peek back into history. What famous date shall I set it to today, Mr. Peabody? January 1990. Got it. So here are some major news points for January 1990. We're going to go around the horn and everybody pick out a newsworthy event. So we'll start with Delvin. You know, I got to pick this one because even though Courtney can't see this list, if she did see this list and I didn't pick it, then she would be mad at me. On January 2nd, Sting joins pro wrestling's legendary Four Horsemen. Mm. The other three horsemen at the time were Ric Flair, Arn Anderson, and Ole Anderson, which is Arn Anderson's brother. So, yeah, the four horsemen were, were an absolute big deal back in WCW wrestling, uh, still referenced to this day, led by uh, Ric Flair and most of the incarnations of that legendary team. They were just usually four pretty badass dudes that ran the wrestling circuit for a world championship wrestling. So that's my story. Very cool. When I was pulling these news events, I thought of you and I did thought of Courtney too as well. I figured you both are wrestling fans. Yeah, I was looking, I saw one sports thing and I'm like, I did. Then I looked up, I was like, dang, yeah, I got it. <laughs> so yeah, that was cool. Jared? What's your major news event? You know, I'm going to go to the opposite end of the spectrum and go to the very last day of January, the 31st. And that is when McDonald's first opened in the Soviet Union. They opened a McDonald's in Moscow. So the slogan here was, have you had your break today? The slogan there is, you will take a break today. (laughs) (laughs) In Soviet Russia. (laughs) Break takes you. Break <laughs> and that's our shout out to Yakov Smirnov. But yeah, I thought that's that's interesting that this was I spiked them. Nineteen ninety and McDonald's broke through the Iron Curtain. What about you, Pat? What'd you pick? I'm gonna choose from January fifteenth, AT and T experiences a long <laughs> distance uh, <laughs> problem <laughs> due to a, a computer glitch. <laughs> it worked in my Tetris set. More fitting for that than Tetris. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, yes, but can you believe that? AT&T having a computer glitch problem in the early years of the internet. It happens. Yeah. Jason, what do you choose? 
January 21st, John McEnroe becomes first ever player to be expelled from the Australian Open. Good night, Mike. All right. Well, with the major news out of the way, let's go ahead and get into our top four movies for January 1990. And I'll start it off with Leatherface, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3. Woo. And you know what? I don't think I've ever seen any of these Chainsaw Massacre movies. Seen the original, and I've seen the remake of the original, but I think that's it. Number three was a comedy called Ski Patrol, which I've heard of. I've seen it. I've seen it. Ski Patrol. It's kind of one of those funny kind of... Police uh, Academy-ish. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Whoever's... Jason's fun. next, and he's going to make Paul Hicks very, very happy. Mm. Oh, yeah. Man, number two is a great movie, Tremors. Awesome film. I've still, to this day, never seen it. Really? I know. I, I would like to. I've all either. Got to rectify that. I haven't seen it either. I know Paul Hicks. Sorry, I Paul. That's a great I movie. Think, I think that apparently me, Delvin, Pat need to watch it, and then Paul needs to host a show where we oh, all come yeah. together and discuss it. There you go, Paul. There's an idea for you. I don't know. I'm afraid. It's like, was, was, was it the greatest ever, or was it the greatest ever? <laughs> I don't know what to do. Greatest ever. Wrong. Wrong. You didn't get it. And the number one movie out of the box office at this time was Internal Affairs, made a little over $27 million. What's Internal Affairs, Jared? It got me. I don't know. Isn't that the uh, one? I'm, I'm told I can't talk Gere? about that one. <laughs> I see what you're doing there, Pat. I think it's a Richard Gere film. My suspicion was Kevin Costner, but now Jason's convincing me. Who knows? Let's see here. I'm about to go to IMDb if someone hasn't. I'm going there, yeah, internal. Richard Gere. It's Richard Gere and yeah. Andy Garcia, and I have nothing on it. Mm. That's for uh, uh, Courtroom Faceoffs podcast coming soon. Guilty, Pat. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, those top four movies out of the way. Let's get into the top three songs according to Billboard at this time. The number three song is Don't Know Much by Linda Ronstadt featuring Aaron Neville. I love that song. I love you. I don't know whether that was my Linda Ronsat or my Aaron. <laughs> I love that song. I do. I had a bad song. Love it. It's a good song. Definitely a good song. I guess that leaves me with number two. Nice. Rhythm Nation oh, by yeah. Janet Jackson. Miss wow. Jackson. Or if you're nasty. Wow. <laughs> The world today, the ball a better way of life. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, that was awesome. I, I want to watch that video. I, I want to listen to the song. It's a great song. It's a great album. Great album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The whole album was good. So, the number one song was by the great Phil Collins, Another Day in Paradise. She calls out to the man on the street. Sir, can you help me? 
I am cold, I have nowhere to sleep. Is there somewhere you can find me? He moves on, doesn't look back. He pretends he can't hear you. It's just another thing for me in paradise. <laughs> I like that song. <laughs> Definitely a great song. Great song. All right. Well, that's going to bring us to the end of this part of the show. You got a comment or a question, send us an email at contact at longboxcrusade.com. You can also follow and leave a comment on the Twitter at Longbox Crusade. We will be right back. Batman Nightcast is back with new episodes and a new mission. I'm Ryan Daly. And I'm Chris Franklin. The new Nightcast chronicles the Dark Knight Detective's greatest adventures from our favorite comic book creators. What a novel approach, talking about the comics we actually enjoy. I know, right? Highlights from this bold new era of Batman Nightcast include... The Joker's Laughing Fish. The Saga of Ra's al Ghul. Is that how we're pronouncing it? Yes. Okay. Batman vs. the Man Bat. And the first appearance of villains like Clayface 3 and the Ventriloquist. Plus more great stories by the likes of Steve Englehart and Marshall Rogers. Denny O'Neill and Neil Adams. Alan Grant and Norm frickin' Brayfogle. Irv Novick. Don Newton. Doug Munch. Dick Sprang. Max Allen Collins. No, what? Just messing with you. Wasn't funny. Batman Nightcast, every month from the Fire and Water Podcast Network. Find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and at fireandwaterpodcast.com. Welcome back from the break. Now let's get to the feedback part of the show where we share your comments, emails, questions, likes, and shares in a segment called Crusader Comments. We are thrilled to kick off these comments with special shout outs to our Crusaders Club members. These are the fine folks that have joined our crusade. They enjoy discounts from Jared's online store, theyardsaleartist.com, early access to special long box episodes, voting to determine show content, a quarterly newsletter, and so much more. So, these are the folks reaping the benefits and giving some much appreciated support to the show. Thank you for being a friend. Angelica Wolf, Bill Beer, Blasted or Stashing, Bob Buster, Braxton Underwood, David Collins, Gene Hendricks, Gerald Green, Greg Van Leuven, Eye of the Collector, Ivor Evans, Jeremy L., Jim Jarman, Joe Thomas, John Watson, John and Maggie, Jose Pollo, Maxwell Trigger, Miranda W., Paul Hicks, Rick of Jeff and Rick Present, Ross Michaud, Ryan Daly, Samantha Maney, Sean Urbanski, Steve Cronin, Tim Price, Bronto Cop, and one-time donor, Bradford Williams. If we missed anyone on our list, we apologize. Please keep in mind that we record these episodes well in advance of release, so if you're a recent addition, we should be adding you soon. But still, no worries. Just let us know that we missed you by sending an email to contact at longboxcrusade.com, and we will get it straightened out. As a reminder, you can become a Crusaders Club member by heading over to patreon.com and searching for Longbox Crusade. For as little as $1 a month, you'll get access to the amazing world of the Crusaders Club, provided your name is not Jason Albrecht. Come check it out. Don't have any extra scratch lying around, but still want to help us out here at Longbox Crusade headquarters? Please take a moment to write a review on iTunes for this podcast. 
Even if you just want to keep it short with just star ratings, it helps raise the profile of the show. We will share your review on the next show. We will move on to social media, likes, shares, and retweets. We're talking about our JL May episode 2020, which was episode 23 of the Longbox Crusade, where we discuss Nightwing issue 110 from September 2005. As usual, I have left my ID and my cash money <laughs> with Al Sedona. Yeah. Because I left my wallet. We've got Alex Chung. And Helica Betty Wolf. Oh. Bill Bear. Charles Atuk. Chris at BTO and Bat Books. Let it roll. We've got Clinton Robinson. And his Coffee and Comics podcast cosmic dm courtney holland deborah smith Ooh, how fitting the dame the dame derek kuykendall derek Lowe. <laughs> derek william crab dr pop culture bgsu ed moore fan film fridays podcast gene hendrix jerry green green lantern hg hal jordan hokoff ismael oyen e Ivan Chudley. Jeffrey Fonzo. Hey! Jennifer Houghton. Joe Thomas. Musical genius. John Marks. John Vanover. Jonathan Schaefer Haynes. Joseph Hall. Juan Salazar. Keith G. Baker. Kenny Cadena. Last son of bourbon tumbler glass. Yeah, I'm thirsty. Mm, absolutely. Laurel Mountain Flower. One. She's not keeping stats at Action Film Face. <laughs> I have learned that. Yes. <laughs> Not a job, Jason. <laughs> M. Anthony Gerardo, the mag. Rico. Rico. Swalave. Mill Nogard. Philip O.H. Oh. 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 You guys get it. Oh. Oh. Philip Walton. <laughs> Good night, John Boy. I know Big Phil. That's a big boy. (laughs) Podcasting's Michael Bailey, Robert Charles, Robert Lewis, Robert Myers, Robert Rosma Show, (laughs) Ruth Sutherland, Ryan Daly. Ryan, he's got legs. Scott Simpson. The Dr. DC Podcast. Tim Price, come on down. If you're going to come on down, make sure you give me a beat. Listen up, story. It's a story to share about three unpacking powers that popped aware. They went right back in history with that run. Unpacking power of the power pack of the power pack power of the history. Don't stop. Please stop. It's hard to make up words when you know the <laughs> when you know the actual lyrics. They're usually so good at off the cuff words. <laughs> they have a little pocket name Power Pack. I don't know. <laughs> there you go. <laughs>
Rick's at the front. Jeff's dead in the back. back. <laughs> <laughs> we started way back in history with Alex and a girl named Dooley. Nice. Oh, he did his own nose. <laughs> Bernard Jeffries. And Vicki Wilson. We will move on to social media comments. I will start. Green Lantern HG said, great episode, guys. As always, you never disappoint. Pat, I will adopt you just for liking Riptide. It was a favorite of mine because of Screaming Mimi. And what was that Nightwing song you played? Ah, that Screaming Mimi looks terrifying, actually. And it's we cool helicopter. Uh, if you say so. And the Nightwing song was... By Black Sabbath, you said? Yes, it was. Black huh? Sabbath, Nightwing. Great song. Well, I'm going to take one from our friend, Courtney Holland. Hello, Courtney. And she says, ah, so that's what happened to Robin. Is that why he is not in any Batman movies? And I think she's talking about the cover of that issue where he's kind of hanging by uh, Nightwing has Robin hanging over the edge of the building. I believe you're correct. And I will take a comment from Unpacking the Power of Power Pack. And our friend Rick said, I listened to this last night. Christmas jokes in May. Sigh. Which makes me sad because our Christmas jokes usually slay everyone. (laughs) (laughs) And the Christmas jokes usually come twice a year. Yeah, Yeah, they're hitting Miss Soltoe. Oh, and I will. I guess I'll hand out the Howley then. And it says trophies for all. Was that includes me? Well, yeah. <laughs> well, if you actually get one, does that now mean you have to give it back? Because That's you hard to say. Take hard one. Say. I don't know. I don't know how these physics work. But anyway, it says and trophies for all was working out, and I just laid flat, laughing my butt off, thinking about the talking salsa. I think hazmat suits will be needed when Delvin opens that. <laughs> that salsa talk overtook the show in a glorious way. It did. It really did. Yeah, you, you legit want to open that salsa. Hello, my baby. Hello, my baby. <laughs> what the hell? All right. Thank you to everyone for the likes, shares, follows, and comments, and retweets, and any other love and support that you show. We appreciate your friendship and your help in spreading the word about this podcast. And that is going to be the show. But before we go, Jared's got a special announcement he would like to do. Hey, you know how we love to give stuff away at the end of the show. Reward those people who stayed with us all the way through to this part of the show. We have a listener giveaway. We've been talking about Batman Legends of the Dark Knight issue three. We here at Longbox Crusade headquarters have an autographed copy by Mr. John Beatty himself, friend of the show, that we would love to give away. So when you comment about this show on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram, use hashtag shaman wins. S-H-A-M-A-N wins. Hashtag shaman wins. And we will put you in a raffle to win this autographed copy by Mr. John Beatty. Back to you, Pat. Hashtag shaman wins. Thank you, Jared. Hashtag shaman wins. Jason. Hashtag shaman wins. Delvin. Hashtag shaman wins. Don't squeeze the shaman. shaman wins. And with that, be sure to check out the website logboxcrusade.com where the posts will be made for journaling this crusade. I want to thank Jason, Jared, Delvin for joining me on this episode. But before we go, let's find out where the listeners can find us on the internet. We'll start with Jason. 
Well, you can find me at Weasel Skull on Twitter or at Jason Albrick on Facebook or Instagram. Delvin. You can find me on Twitter at D-E-E underscore R-A-Y one nine seven seven. Pat. You can find me on the Twitter at Christatos01. And Delvin, I'm glad you asked. Jared, where can they find you? Well, I'm glad you asked. You can find me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Yard Sale Artists. They're all at Yard Sale Artists. Or over on YouTube, if you search Yard Sale Artists, you'll find my channel where I'll draw some stuff and show off yard sale finds. And we'll laugh. There'll be mirth. And I don't know how to follow mirth. Merriment. Merriment. Uh, Thank you. You're welcome. And if you want to continue that mirth and merriment, you should interact with us on our live chat and be entered to win some free stuff on our live raffles. Just join us on the next episode of Doing a Livestream over on YouTube. We do them on the second Sunday of every month, and we always start at around 3.30 p.m. Central Time. You can get signed up for that by looking up the Longbox Crusade on YouTube. Please subscribe to our channel and click the bell so you'll get a reminder notification of when we go live. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed this episode of The Longbox Crusade. You got a comment or question? Email us at contact at longboxcrusade.com or leave a comment on the Longbox Crusade Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter page at Longbox Crusade. Until next time, take care, and please join us on the next episode as we continue on the crusade to really go! The intro music is provided by musical genius Joe November. Check out his SoundCloud at J-O-S-E-F-L-I-N-9-9. You won't regret it. All songs, song clips, and characters discussed are copyright of their respective copyright holders, and no infringement is intended. We are just fans that like to share our love of comics. Outtakes. We are live. Hey, 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 welcome to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> DJ Cristano's going at you live, live, live. We're going to be covering Mike Zick, 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 Zick. Zick, Zick. Rocking you from Washington to Charlotte, NC. Taking the stacks from the wax and putting it right back. You're listening to the Lombox Crusade. This is what happens when four people that get together and have friends and have a good time and then decide to do a podcast. Stuff Sounds gets good. Real. There we go. <laughs> I don't have to write anything. There, oh, there you go. That's the promo. That's the new promo. <laughs> Boy, we're, we're efficient tonight. <laughs> Let's go ahead and record our second new promo. Hey, listen to our <laughs> podcast. <laughs> yeah, I'm talking to you. podcast a bunch of f***holes. <laughs> Don't don't look away like Do? you don't think I'm talking to you. I am talking to you. <laughs> Do you know the LBC at all? Uh, Read them all. What's in your long box? Is Pierce Brosnan as a bad guy? He's just so hot. Cool. I mean, you, oh yeah, you, he's kind of a bad guy in that uh, the foreigner. Oh, the foreigner. Anyway, welcome to episode yeah. twenty. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's got swag on it. <laughs> Special right. guest Pat Delvin. We're going to talk about movies they've never seen. Delvin's going to wrestle a bear. <laughs> I, I am not going to wrestle. <laughs> My jokes don't always hit, so it's, it's funny. Yeah. It just you were too far ahead of us. It was too high yeah. ground. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah.
It is. I mean, we all miss jokes. I mean, like I'm, I'm like you know a, a 998 myself. Mm-hmm. You know, about you know I miss two about, about a thousand, half. Yeah. But I do miss. <laughs> yeah, and that's what I'm yet, trying to respond to. <laughs> well, Jared, I'm glad you. I'm gonna pass it to you, man. I refuse. I'll no, I'll pass it to you. Here you go. Okay. We're not gonna have any comments. Well, then we'll do a giveaway. <laughs> we comments. Wait. Yeah, we are. My bad. We did release the last uh, Crusader. I oh. spent all I spent a freaking hour last night, Delvin, putting in all that stuff. My bad. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> I wrote the cover description. I know. I ate a sandwich. Well, we're gonna do add it up while you're gone, so you just have to find out what that sounds like <laughs> in the end. You gotta add it up. Add it up. Add it up. Add it up. See what you got. <laughs> Jason, what do you choose? Well, I, uh, this, um, this reminds me of the time. <laughs> it's not Jason, it's Mary Jane, baby. <laughs> Mary Jane. I was celebrating the 47th Golden Shower, uh, Golden Glow. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Cruise, ooh, he's sexy, baby. Ooh. All right, I'm going to bet a crisp $5 bill. That Jason goes with the John McEnroe one. Mm, I was just looking That's at that one. Wondering if he's, uh... Unless his his I'm loyalty to environmental cleanup leads him to the Exxon Valdez one. But I, I think Jason Jason's always liked Mac. I like Johnny Mac. Jason's always been a fan, so I think that's where he's going to go. We each just picked one. Yep. Do I got to guess which one you picked? Yeah, you got to guess which one. You have to guess one that hasn't been picked yet. Ooh, let's see here. Dun, 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 dun. So this was 1990. Okay. I'll take January 15th. AT&T experience. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Damn it. I thought nobody would pick AT&T. That was mine. And then I was going to say, they're still working that shit out. <laughs> uh, how about January 31st? First <laughs> <laughs> That's <what I> pick. <laughs> it January 21st. John McEnroe becomes first ever player to be expelled from the Australian Open. Good eye, Mike. And that's the one I predicted you would pick, by the way. Oh, <laughs> you yeah, were gone. No. I, I thought you would have picked that one. I really did. You're Ever like me and the rat song that I still can't get out of my head because I keep seeing the commercial. <laughs> I <laughs> find it, it, it was in commercial. your head, just keeps, it just keeps your head going round and round. Looking at you. Looking at me. Wait, 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 wait.